I want to review the overview once again so that we see the unity of 1 Corinthians 13. There's a reason why Paul mentions the things that he does. And so uh, let's review this very quickly. As we said last week and have said several times, the God's design for creation is that he, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, who is fullness of love, perfect love, that's his very essence, God is love, 1 John 4, 6, that he would overflow towards us. He creates us with a God-shaped vacuum in our heart that only he can fill. And so his goal is to pour himself into us, the love that he is into us, that we would then uh, love, love him back, reflect back his love towards him, overflow with love towards him. That's our life. That's our worship. That we would love ourselves as we're loved in him, and that we love each other as he has loved us. And as everyone is doing that, the triangular relationship that is God, so to speak, would be replicated in creation. Every relationship and, and the whole of human society would become a sort of fractal of the Trinity, a microcosm of the Trinity. It would replicate the triune love of God, and that's the purpose of the whole creation, to let others join in the dance, the celebration of the triune God, and to do it throughout eternity. What a wonderful, wonderful design, isn't it? Sin screws the whole thing up. Sin is, uh, occurs when we turn towards self as opposed towards God. We want to meet the uh, need in our heart on our own. We think that we can do it better. It's all found in Genesis chapter 3. And our turning towards ourself creates a uh, sort of wall, as it were, between us and God so that the love that's being poured out to us doesn't reach us. We're too busy centered on ourselves. God still loves, but it doesn't feed our soul. And so what happens is that God-shaped vacuum in that God-shaped uh, vacuum in our heart becomes a tremendous suction. It's not getting filled by God, and God's the only one who can fill it. And so now it, be, it becomes a suction, and because it's non-negotiable, it will never go away. We then spend our life trying to meet by our own effort, by our own performance, by how we appear, by the recognition we get, by the houses we own, or by the cars that we own. Uh, we, we try to meet that need, the need that God wants to meet for free. The world becomes a stage of idols, we have said. An idol is anything that plays the role in our life that only God should play. And it can be any multitude of things. But we're, 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 instead of walking out of a center of celebration being God-dependent, we walk out of a center of desperation because we're independent. Everything that's about love is about God having his life being poured into us, flowing through us towards others. Everything that's inconsistent with love, all the things that Paul is mentioning in 1 Corinthians 13 are the result of what happens when we're living life out of a vacuum. Living life out of a vacuum, trying to meet our own needs. We eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're perpetually, perpetually assessing things in terms of whether it's good or evil to meet the need in our life. And so we're constantly judging. The world's a stage of idols, and we're competing with one another for those idols. We want the recognition. We want the resources. There's only so many to go around. So many to go around. And so we sink to the level of the animal kingdom, really. It's a matter of survival of the fittest. Envy is the result of what happens when you're living life in this competition game, trying to meet your own needs, and someone else is doing it better. You want what they have. You have envy. Whenever you're walking out of a center of emptiness, you're going to have envy. Boastfulness and arrogance are just the same. When you're walking out of a center of emptiness trying to get your needs met, two things we always do. 
We display, we perform, and we hide. We display what we think we need to display in order to get life. We hide what we think we need to hide in order to get life. When we display, we are boasting. We are, we are like a peacock fluffing its feathers. We are saying, look at me. Look at this. And we're doing it to get life. We're trying to get something from people. Recognize, you know, give, give me a morsel of worth here. The peacock fluffs its feathers. That's boasting. Arrogance is when you really believe you're the peacock. You're a legend in your own mind. You're, you really come to believe your own performance. And all of it blocks love. All of it is the result of not living in the fullness of God's love. And all of it further blocks love because you cannot ascribe unsurpassable worth to someone you're trying to get worth from. Two uh, mutually exclusive things. If I'm trying to get worth from you, if I'm trying to get recognition from you, uh, I can't be centered on ascribing unsurpassable worth to you. All this is, is to say that, that, that love, when it's genuine love, is always humble. And the antithesis of love is pride. Fluffing your peacock feathers and believing that you're the peacock. We are all prone to it. It's, uh, it, 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 it when we live in emptiness, it's inevitable. It's going to be there. You, you, you can't help but do it on some level. And we're very clever at doing it. Very few people are so crass as to just go up and start bragging. We, gotta, we, we find clever ways of doing this. I remember when I was in eighth grade. Uh, I, did you know that I set the school record uh, in the mile? Peacock feathers. <laughs> I had to work that in the sermon somehow, you see, just so you'd know. <laughs> I, I set the, the school record in eighth grade. I mean, check that out. Uh, the school record in the mile blew it away. I mean, it's just, I was really hot, I'm telling you. Now, the thing was is that they didn't announce it on the loudspeaker. Uh, this is a catastrophe. People don't know, you know how good I am. And so I want them to know how good I am. I'm looking for some worth, okay? I'm trying to get some value here in eighth grade. And uh, how do you do that? Well, you just can't go around bragging about it. So I remember strategizing. How can I work it into various conversations? Uh, you know, it, it's like surely there's a way. Every conversation is like, I got, you know, I got to bring it up. Uh, they got to know about this. I found a real clever way, and that is to compliment the guy who came in second place. Uh, you know, hey, do you know that Russ really ran a great race the other day, and, and uh, he had got a personal best? And uh, you're hoping that they'll ask, well, oh, who came in first? <laughs> and then you can say, oh, well, <laughs> me. It was a school record, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but really, it's nothing. Oh, it's just junk. It was, okay, cast the first stone. None of you can because you've all done the same thing. <laughs> all right? Bunch of peacocks, I'll tell you. We want to display our achievements, uh, especially if there's someone else doing it. Uh, we maybe are too righteous and holy to actually do it, but there's a part of, that, that part of us that wants to do it. If someone else is doing their peacock show, there's a part of us that just wants to fluff a little bit, you know, because uh, you know, now all the tension's going that way. I remember being at a, a dinner table at a fundraising thing or something some, so three years ago, I guess it was, and one of the people there just decided to bring up how they and their wife really feel so blessed that they have so much, and so they really feel the need to be given to causes. And, and uh, this uh, uh, bank assistant to the CEO guy, uh, he and his wife give $100, $150 a month uh, to, uh, you know, uh, to the Peace Corps and to the United Way and, and, and even to their church. And this is a guy who makes about, you know, I'm thinking $100,000, $300,000 a year. And, and he's going on and on about how he, they, they just really feel the need to do this. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, 
Uh, you, you think you call that giving? I'll tell you what giving is. You know, uh, that, that's, that, that's peanuts. You know, I, I, of course, I'm too, way too holy and righteous to ever think about actually doing a thing like that. But see, it's in the brain. Uh, there, there's a part that wants to like, oh, man, what are you going on about this? I should be going on about my giving. And see, now I worked that into the sermon, so now you're all wondering how much I give every month, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's just a lot. Trust me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the worst form of this, this per- pernicious tendency is religious pride. Because now it gets a divine sanction. I mean, people can really get a lot of idolatrous life in the religious way of doing life by fluffing their peacock feathers. In fact, what Paul's talking about here is uh, uh, with the Corinthians, it's religious pride. Here's one way of doing it, sort of the charismatic way of, of religious pride, religious peacock feather fluff, fluffing. Uh, you know, you, you, you start noticing who's got what gifts. I speak in tongues. I prophesy. I got a word of knowledge. Well, I can interpret tongues. And if you come to church with that mindset, well, then everyone's fluffing their feathers. This is what happened at the church at Corinth. And there's a kind of a competition thing going on. Paul says it's not loving. Knock it off. You see, another way of doing it in the religious way of life is to have, is, is to do that kind of a peacock, the, the, the truth peacock feather fluffing. We've got the truth. Yes, we do. We've got the truth, but not you. And, uh, uh, you, you know, so you get, uh, there's a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance that surrounds your convictions that you're right. And you end up looking down on people who disagree with you. And, and there's an arrogance that can come with that. And it, it's just, you end up judging and, and, and it's just, it's not done in love. Another way of doing that is a lifestyle sort of thing. We've got the lifestyle. You know, even though we may not be perfect, at least we're not like those people. And, and so there's, there's, there's a peacock fluffing thing going on with that. You know, we are, we are the righteous ones. We are the ones who walk with God. We are holy and we look down on those whose lifestyle doesn't agree with us. And, and this, this, this pernicious sort of pride thing, uh, this boasting and arrogance thing, it is very, very clever. It's like a con artist. It will sneak up on you if you're not attending to it. Whenever there's any degree of emptiness in our life, it's going to manifest itself. This last week, I was uh, doing a conference in Colorado Springs for YWAM. Just had the uh, time of my life. I, I, I just loved it. Um, and uh, I was sitting around one evening with the leaders of, of YWAM, and we were talking about various trends in evangelicalism. And it was brought up that, uh, you know, someone started talking about this kind of new, uh, this new self-righteousness that seems to be kind of uh, happening in some quarters, uh, this kind of exclusivity and judgmentalism that seems to be intensifying within evangelicalism. And one person brought up an example of this. They were at a conference six months earlier, and a very well-known Christian spokesperson publicly at a conference said that Mother Teresa right now is in hell. Now, see, that, 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 that pushes a button in me that's very, very deep. Uh, I, that, that's the part of religion I hate. I, I, I just hate it. I, I, I don't like it. It's, it. It just makes me very, very angry. I don't know that Hitler's in hell. How, how do you know? I mean, I don't, how do people know these things? You know, like, but it makes me very, very mad. And I think it's okay to disagree with that assessment. In fact, I hope you disagree with that assessment. Uh, I, I think it's okay to uh, dislike it very much. I think it's even okay to think that it's really, really wrong and persuade people away from it. But here's what happened. About 10 minutes as the conversation was moving on, I had to notice something about myself, and that is that there was a part of me that was feeding off of this. Uh, I, though I am carnal and though I you know, have sinned, uh, at least I'm not judging like those people are. <laughs> at least I'm not intolerant like those people are. At least I'm humble, for goodness sakes. 
It's like, you can't win in this thing. The flesh is so conniving, it finds a way to get a morsel of idolatrous worth. You know, it it creeps in one way. So now I realize that I'm I'm kind of an anti-Pharisee Pharisee. You see, and it, it's there, it's there. There must be some part of my life that is not get, you know, getting its full life from Christ. So I'm trying to get it uh, by, by, by judging the judgers. Here's how Scripture keeps us humble, and we need to be aware of it. The flesh doesn't like this message at all, so prepare yourself. But uh, it, is, it is God's Word, and it's true, and we need to hear it. We are all sinners. There's no room to boast. We are all sinners. There's no room to boast. Uh, all have sinned, the Bible says in Romans 3. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, in Romans 3, Paul says, there's none that is righteous before God, no, not one. And then it says in Ephesians, this is why it says this in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. You didn't earn this. You didn't merit it. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works. Why? So that no one may boast. The bottom line is that if we stand before God at all, we stand before God because of his outrageous, unmerited grace, period. There's no room for boasting. And maybe that your sin is judging Mother Teresa to be in hell, or maybe your sin is judging the one who judges Mother Teresa to be in hell. Either way, you're a sinner in need of God's grace. Maybe you're a Pharisee, or maybe you're an anti-Pharisee Pharisee. Either way, you're a sinner in need of God's grace. Maybe you lust in the mind and no one knows about it, or maybe you actually act on it. Either way, you're a sinner in need of God's grace. Maybe you just struggle with secret thoughts of anger, or maybe you actually act on anger. Maybe you think of secret secret thoughts of hate, or maybe you actually act on hate. Maybe you've just got uh, racism in the deep recesses of your mind that you don't even know about, or maybe you actually act in racist ways. Either way, you are a sinner in need of God's grace. Maybe you've got one of the religious sanction sins. You know, there are religious sanction sins, the ones that are okay to have, like gossip or greed or not loving enough or not caring enough or being self-righteous. Those are the okay ones. Or maybe you've got one of the uh, non-sanctioned uh, sins, uh, being a transvestite or a, a, a drug addict or, or a first-century tax collector or prostitute. It doesn't matter. Either way, you're a sinner in need of God's grace. Either way, there's no room to boast. Either way, there's no room to judge. If I stand before you, amen, amen, if I stand before you at all, if, you, if I stand before God, if, I, if you stand before God, it's only because of his outrageous grace. It is free. It is a gift. It's, we didn't earn it. We didn't achieve it. We didn't merit it. We didn't strive for it. We don't deserve it in any way, not even a little bit, not even an inch. It's because of God's grace that we can stand before God as his children, as his army, as his bride, decked out in righteousness. Praise God. So there's no room for boasting. There's no room for arrogance. There's no room for judging. No one can throw the first stone. If we're going to boast, Paul says, this is why Paul says, if anyone's going to boast, let them boast in Jesus Christ. If you want to fluff some peacock feathers, fluff Jesus Christ. Amen? Because frankly, you don't have any of your own to fluff. Put Jesus Christ on display. That's what it is to boast, to brag on God. Put him on display. You want to brag? Brag on God. Here's, here's my peacock feathers. 
I was, uh, I, I was just a kid, just uh, sold out into drug, sex, and rock and roll, doing a, a meaningless life, heading for a meaningless eternity. But Jesus Christ reached down and saved me and made a preacher out of me, for goodness sakes. If Jesus Christ can do that with me, he can do anything with anybody. Amen. Amen. It's not like that was a once upon a time thing. You know, it's not like once upon a time I wasn't perfect, but thankfully now I am, and that's why I'm qualified to preach. I don't want to tell you some of the stuff that goes on in my mind. I, I, I don't want to, I'm a judge of judgers. How's that? I, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I, I, I don't practice what I preach. I discover this about myself. There's a lot of stuff I discover here and there as I'm growing in Christ that I don't like at all. There's, there's anger that is there. There's, there's, there's hatred uh, that is there. There, there. I don't love enough. I don't pray enough. I, you know, I, I don't do enough good, and I do too much evil. If I stand before you right now preaching, it's only because the, my credentials don't stand on my own merits. They don't stand in my own worth. They stand in Jesus Christ. Amen. And others of us would have similar similar things to say. You know, there's a, a, a different flavor of, of carnal ice cream, but it's the same ice cream. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Some of you struggle with sex addiction. Some of you struggle with secret lust or acting on your lust. Some of you struggle with anger. Some of you have a gay orientation. Some of you struggle with gluttony. Some of you are judgmental. Some of us are unloving. All of us don't love enough, but God is rich in mercy. Amen. God is rich in grace. God's had compassion on us. He's given us forgiveness. And he's in the process of transforming us. It's the love that he gives us ahead of time that gradually, as the Spirit works in our life, puts off the old self and puts on the new self. So we're growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Sometimes fast, sometimes slow, and sometimes we take a couple steps backward. But God is persistent and God is gracious, moving us along so that we're not now what we used to be. And when it's all said and done, we'll be totally different than we are now. There's no room to boast, no room to brag, no room to judge or throw stones. All we can do is say, thank you, Lord, for having mercy on me, a sinner. Praise God. Fluff the peacock feathers of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to see, and when you do that, one more thing. When you do that, now you're empowered to love. Now you're empowered to love because you've been humbled. When, when, when you can get the self out of the way, now you can be filled with the, the, the free love of Jesus Christ, and then you realize you don't need to be fluffing peacock feathers. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. Uh, who cares if the, 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 the neurons in other people's cranium uh, fires in a way that's approving towards you or not? There's no worth in that. They die, you die. It, it's, you know, it comes to nothing. But when you get to life of Christ, you realize you don't need to be doing that. And now you're freed. Instead of getting worth, you're freed to overflow with the worth that you already uh, have. God does us a great favor in Scripture by convincing us that we're sinners in need of God's grace. Let me say two things here that um, uh, are, are important. In every teaching, it's important to be balanced. And uh, there's always the possibility of being imbalanced in any possible way. Where there is truth, there'll be untruth to the right and to the left of it. So I want to I, I just condition this a little bit. It doesn't qualify anything I've said. It doesn't take back anything I've said. It just puts it in a different perspective. First of all, there is an extreme that some people push this to, where they think that because it's true that we are sinners, that on our own we are dead uh, 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 to God, and that we cannot save ourselves, they think, therefore, because all boasting should be in Jesus Christ, that their job is to make themselves as lowly and miserable and self-loathing as possible. Sometimes this is called worm theology. 
Because the people, uh, it, you don't have it as much today as we used to have it, but there's still strands of it, and certain people are prone to it. Where you, you think you're glorifying God by, by just becoming as, uh, you know, as, as self-loathing as possible. I am a worm. I am, a, I am pure evil. I have no good in me at all. There's nothing good about me. I've had people say, oh, there's nothing good about me at all. And uh, I, I, am, I am a snail scum. I am caterpillar excrement. I am just, uh, you know... Uh, it, it just is as bad as could possibly be. Woe is me, but God is great. And, and their heart is in the right place, but I don't know if they're going about it the right way. Jonathan Edwards said in his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, that every human being is a loathsome spider dangling from a thin thread over a fire. And God's deciding whether he wants to drop it or not. Um, you see, it, 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 you know, it is true that, 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 that if, we're, if we have an accurate assessment of some of the stuff that we have done in our condition without Christ, it is loathsome. But on the other hand, you're a child made in the image of God. And, and though we do a good job of screwing it up, it still is the case that we're made in his image. If I make a work of art and I say it's in my image and you come along and say that is snail scum, that is caterpillar excrement, that is gross, that is as bad as possible, you're not really complimenting me very much, are you? You see, uh, so also this, this, this uh, kind of, I, I think it's a false humility, this, this self-depreciating thing about your nature is not complimenting God. I believe it's okay and good. The Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. There's supposed to be a healthy kind of self-love here. It doesn't mean trying to get life by fluffing your peacock feathers. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we say that people who are fluffing their peacock feathers, who are boasting and who are arrogant, are full of themselves. Actually, and I know what they're saying, and there's a truth to that, but the more profound insight, I believe, is that people who, are, who brag, who boast, uh, you know, who've just got to do various strategies to get you to notice stuff about them, really, they're empty of themselves. They're, there's a vacuum that is there that they're trying to fill. If we're, if we're filled with God's love, we love ourselves as our, uh, we love our neighbor as ourselves, and, part, and a part of that's wrapped up with loving God. I think it's okay to say, I like the way God made me. I like this about myself. I, you know, I, I have a gift at being, you know, an engineer. I, I'm smart in this area. I've got a personality that can reach people here. I've got this. You got gifts. And it's okay to say, I've got those gifts. Don't do it to get life, but you do it as a way of saying thank you to God. You've got that. Be happy about that. It's even more so when you realize who you are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that no one can say they love God and hate their neighbor. And the Bible says we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so if you do the equation here, you find out that no one can consistently say, I love God, but I hate myself. If you love God, you're going to love yourself, and then you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the triangle of God's triunity that's being replicated in you. To understand who God is in the person of Jesus Christ is to understand who you are in the person of Jesus Christ. And I like who I am in the person of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ, and I love what he is making me to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a child of God. I like that about myself. I, I, I don't always live that out. I don't always think that out. I don't always feel that out. I do some stuff that is really loathsome. But in terms of what my identity is, I like it. I like the fact that I'm, I'm a righteous guy. The righteous blood of Jesus Christ is flowing through, through me. That's my new marrow. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, got, I've got the Spirit of God inside of me, you guys. I like that about myself. I like the fact that I'm, I'm destined for eternity. I like the fact that I dance with God. I like the fact that... He, 
In loving God, I love what God has made me to be. And that empowers me now to love you as you can be in God. And the triangle of God's relationship is being filled. I like the fact that I have a crown of jewels on my head. You know, I like the fact that I'm robed in righteousness. I like the fact that I sit with, with, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I like the fact that I am in the spirit radiant. You know that? I am gorgeous. I'm drop dead gorgeous because I'm a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. And so are you. And there's nothing wrong with liking that. You're supposed to affirm that. He died for that. You see, it's not in competition with God. Rather, you are exalting God by enjoying who you are because of God. You see? So we're to realize that in and of ourselves we are sinners. No peacock feathers to be fluffed. But in Jesus Christ, we're very, very different. And we are supposed to enjoy that. And now fluffing that isn't a matter of trying to get life. Uh, Displaying that is a matter of saying, here's who God has made me to be. And I love God, and I now love you as I love myself. And and, and that triune dance is the mirror of of, of the Trinity. One extreme to avoid is self-loathing. A second extreme is this. Some people think that, To give God all the glory as we should and to boast in God alone as we should means that no one else can ever get any credit for anything. When we uh, first raised uh, money to buy this building, uh, there were um, two people uh, who, unrelated to one another, um, well, I I had, you know, when we we finally met our goal, I, I thanked everybody. I said, thanks for being obedient. I'm really proud of, of, you know, how we've worked together on this. And various things like that. And um, two people came up and said, you know, that, that really was, uh, you know, God is a jealous God. And uh, uh, he wants all the glory. And all you should be doing is giving the glory to God. And there's no room for, like, sharing it with people. Now, see, here's, here's the thing. When the Bible says that God gets all the glory and that God's a jealous God... He doesn't want any competitors as God. He doesn't want anything being treated like God because it's bad for us to have idols. Don't glorify anything like God next to God. Glorify only God. But if I thank you for doing something, I'm not calling you God. (laughs) You're not God, all right? Sorry to ruin your day, but you're not God. And I can be thankful to you, but I'm not going to glorify you. I'm going to glorify God. Still, I I genuinely want to thank you. We are co-laborers in this thing. God calls us co-laborers. We're we're fellow workers with God. God wants a bride who works with him to get get his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And that means that we genuinely have responsibilities. We, God really does depend on us to line up our will with his will to get his will done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that God can be moving all over the place, pulling on people's hearts. But if people uh, just get locked into a sinful rebellion and don't obey God, there's nothing that's going to happen. God can want a building, and, and if the people say no, the building's not going to happen because he's entrusted his bride with the authority to, as it were, co-sign the check of his will to get his will done on earth as it is in heaven. What people do is important. We really do have a responsibility, and when people carry through on that responsibility, it's appropriate to say thank you for obeying God. There's even a proper sense in which you can be, be proud of what people do, not to get life, but just to acknowledge uh, the, the good in what they're doing. Paul says this in, 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 in several passages, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, I often boast about you, to the Corinthians, and as I read the letters, there's not much to boast of there, but Paul was a gracious guy. I often boast about you. I have great, and these are people who got drunk during communion. I mean, so, you know, never mind. Uh, it's a different issue. 
I'm not going to judge them. All right. And that happens to be one thing that we're not prone towards because we use grape juice. All right. Baptist for crying out loud. I often boast about you, Paul says. I have great pride in you. Now, he's not doing this to get life. Like, look at the church that I built. No, he's just saying, man, I appreciate the fact that, at least to a significant extent, you guys are lining up with God's will. I, I, and I am filled with consolation. When I'm feeling down, Paul is saying, I think about you, and you know what? It kind of makes my day. That's a great attitude to have. He also says this about, uh, to the people at Thessalonica. We ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfast, steadfastness and faith. You know, you're steadfast, your faith, even when you're going through persecution. And what a model you, you, you serve. Thank you for being that. Now, if, if God wasn't real, if, if Jesus Christ wasn't working in your life, you'd never be steadfast, you'd never be faithful, and uh, it wouldn't have any meaning even if you were. So the glory goes to Jesus Christ. He alone is God. But I want to thank you, Paul is saying, for being steadfast. You're, you're, you're yielding to God. God's not threatened by, by people getting credit. He's not even threatened by other gods being worshipped, but for our sake, he's saying, don't have any other gods before me. Uh, th- th- that's not a way to get life. He's a jealous God because he wants our, all of our ultimate allegiance to be towards him, but that doesn't compete with simply saying thank you to people. I, I, I want to go on record as saying that I'm proud. I'm proud of, of, of where this congrega- congregation is going. In fact, I want to thank you for being a part of this. And I am honored, and I mean this, <laughs> I am honored to serve in, the, in this congregation. And I'm proud of what we're doing. I, I'm not going to go out and brag to other pastors, hey, you know what we do? <laughs> Check this out. You know, peacock feathers. No, that'd be gross. That'd be carnal. That'd be idolatrous. But uh, as we're sitting here to say, you know what, praise God and thank you for, for being a part of this whole thing. We, we got right now, uh, we, we've got uh, a missions team down in Haiti, a bunch of people down in Haiti. We got a bunch of people over in Cambodia uh, doing missions work. I, that makes me happy. I'm glad to be a part of that. I really am. We have uh, 20 missionaries that have come out of this congregation that are in different parts of the world that we're supporting. Uh, we have $300,000 out of our central budget going to them, and it's about three to four times that much that people are giving out of their own individual pockets, which means that we've got somewhere between one and one and a half million dollars going out to missions in other countries. Man, I'm happy about that. Way to go. Thank you for being obedient. I, I, it's just good to acknowledge that. You know, we could give a hundred things here. You know, we've got, we've got uh, you know, people coming uh, every Wednesday for intercessory prayer and, and other groups that are, are really being intentional in prayer. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Every weekend we've got uh, roughly about a dozen people who give their life to Christ. We had 15 kids give their hearts to the Lord two weeks ago in one of our, our children's rooms. I am so thankful to be a part of something that's changing lives. Amen. I'm proud of that. I really am. I'm proud of the fact we got house churches that are doing ministries all over the place and individuals that are doing ministries all over the place. we got a group that's uh, down in, in the inner city of St. Paul, and they're now putting together a basketball uh, clinic for the, for the kids in the area. Uh, you know, and they're just taking that on themselves. You know, thank you for listening to God. And I'm glad that you're part of this team. we got others that are helping out with a battered women's shelter. we got a bunch of people every week over at the homeless shelter doing things. We're giving away food uh, every week. Uh, we're exchanging furniture all the time. we got a counseling department. There are, there are, there's a three-week waiting list on this thing because there's hundreds of people that are being helped by our counseling center. Uh, there are dozens of marriages that have been helped through the counseling center. we got people being delivered from demonic oppression with our, with our prayer ministry. we got a lot of good stuff going on. I, you know, and I'm happy to be a part of it. 
We got a youth group that is growing. Our youth group is, is getting together uh, every month with a, uh, a St. Paul church that's predominantly black. And our, our youth groups are, are meshing together and, and learning how to do church together. And that's a growing thing. You know, that's the future of the church right there. In fact, that is the church. And we want to invest in that. I'm really proud of, of the steps that we're making in that direction. In fact, I, I'm, we got a long way to go, but I'm, I'm happy about the, the direction we're going in terms of tearing down walls between churches, between races, between people, between denominations. I'm proud of the fact that we can have a worship band like this, and, and we're playing Caribbean music, one song, and then we're doing black gospel, and then we're doing white. And, and sometimes it's hard to follow if you're from a different culture, but this is, a, this is a climate where we say, you know what? It's praising God in a different flavor. It's a good thing, so we go with it. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for being a part of this. And I'm honored. I, I'm, I'm excited and honored to, to, to just be uh, used of God in the place I have. And I think all the pastors and all the overseers feel that way. So it's appropriate to say thank you. Thank you. And uh, encourage you to keep on doing it. And, and watch what God does here. But when all is said and done, when that's done with, there's one final word you always have to say, and that's this. All the good hearts and all the good intention and all the good effort in the world would be absolutely meaningless and devoid of kingdom value were it not for Jesus Christ. In fact, we wouldn't have the good hearts and the good will and the good effort were it not for Jesus Christ. Uh, this is why you don't go out there and, tr- and need to try to get life by fluffing your peacock feathers saying, look at our church, look at our church. No, you just you, you look to Jesus Christ. You thank people and look to Jesus Christ, and then you're humbled but you're filled. And our, the glory, the glory for what's happening here and wherever God stuff's happening, the glory goes to God. You thank people, but you glorify God. God alone it makes it meaningful. God alone, you know, he could do this whole thing on his own, but he, by his grace, invites us in to participate in this thing. Uh, he, he lets us have significance in life. We get to invest in stuff that has eternal consequences. Praise God! Praise God, my life is meaningful. I get to do something that actually makes an eternal difference in people's lives. Were it not for God, that would not be possible, so you say, praise God. And it's God alone who changes our hearts, amen? It's God alone who changes our lives. It's God alone who gives us motivation. It's God alone who saves us. It's God alone who changes us. It's God alone who revolutionizes us. It's God alone who makes us his army. It's God alone who who makes us his bride. It's Jesus Christ alone who died for us, who washed us, who cleansed us, who motivated us us, who put his, his heart in our heart, whose spirit dwells within us, whose power flows through us, whose love is all over us. To, so to Jesus Christ gets all the glory forever and ever from beginning to middle to end. All the glory goes to Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no competitor with him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of all gods. And so our praise and adoration is only towards him. Thank you for listening, but keep your eyes uh, focused on Jesus Christ. Amen. Be humbled, but be filled. Let me end with this question very quick. And can I get everyone just to pray? I'm just feeling a little edgy here. And so I want to I, I know if there's anyone who's bold here this morning who has never, uh, you're, feeling, you're feeling God moving on your heart right now. And maybe for the first time, or maybe you've done this before, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're willing to acknowledge that you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You, you, you need God's grace. You need to call out for God's mercy. I want you to, if you're in that situation where you need to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you just stand right where you are? Would you just stand up? 
if you want to become part of the army, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen. In the back there, praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just stand up where you are. You say, I, I want to be part of something that makes an eternal difference. I want to be part of this group of people who are not perfect, not anything close to it, but God's using them to change the world. You want to surrender your life. That's what I'm talking about here. Stand up. I'll take 30 more seconds. Holy Spirit be moving, tugging at hearts. Uh, over there, amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Anybody else? Just stand up where you are. This is how we all come to faith. Uh, you know, to, 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 to willing to say, you know what, I'm going to put my life on the line. I can't do it my, on my own. I can't earn it. I, I don't deserve it. I just want to receive it. Anybody else? A few more seconds to stand up. Sister, thank you. Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful. Amen. Anybody else? Join them. Please stay standing because I want to just pray for you. If you if want to receive him, stay standing. And I want to pray for you from up here. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is what it's about. Okay, we, we, those of you who are standing, uh, you know, and especially those around them, we'll just be praying for them. And we're all going to join you in this prayer. This is the kind of Bible prayer that the, the Lord tells us to, to pray that starts. It's only a start, but it starts our relationship with Him. So verbally, repeat after me, all of us. Heavenly Father, You are Lord. You are God. You are King. And I have not lived in such a way that I've reflected that. I am a sinner in need of your grace. I repent of my sin. I turn towards you. And I ask you to forgive me, to wash me, to make me clean, to live in me, and help me live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to I want to thank you folks for listening to God. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All the angels in heaven rejoice when a person does that. I would like to ask you who stood up this morning, there's three or four of you, would you take a minute and just come up to this table or others who are interested in finding out about uh, what it is to walk with God. And we just have some literature that we want to give you for free that will help you get started in your walk with Him. I want to encourage all of us, as the prayer team comes forward, if you have any need this morning that you want to spend time praying about, I encourage you to come forward and do that. Uh, These people would love to spend some time praying with you. I want us to go out of here humbled, realizing that all that we are depends on Jesus Christ filled with His Spirit and His love, and therefore overflowing with His love to every single person that we meet. Not trying to get worth by being boastful or prideful, but ascribing worth to whoever we come in contact with. That's how the kingdom is spread. Holy Spirit, seal this message on our heart. Help us to walk in it throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys.